This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. We talk about foods not with junk foods or bad foods. We talk about foods as like sometimes foods and everyday foods. There's a lot of emotional hang-ups around food and I think that when you vilify some foods it, they can almost gain more power over you. You know Max is really cute he's at the stage where he's always asking me is this a healthy food mom is this a, he- a healthy food? I'll often say yeah that, that's healthy this is an even healthier choice but that's okay to have this choice. I don't want them growing up with an incredible sense of guilt or shame around food so we just really talking about what foods can really help the body versus focusing on the negative aspects of other foods. That's Tori Wester. She's a registered dietitian, cookbook author of Fresh Food, Full Hearts, Canadian food and lifestyle blogger, and your online bestie. Tori's passion for good food is the driving force behind her brand, Fresh Living, and the new Fresh Table. So if you struggle to put together a meal plan or grocery list, they're on your to-do list, but you never really get around to completing them. And then you end up going to the grocery store, buying everything you really didn't need, and then not enough to actually create one full meal. I think we've all been there. Well, Tori is here to help us out. Hey, Tori, welcome back. Oh, Mary, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, gosh. Do you believe the last time you were on the podcast was November 2019? What? That feels like yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Doesn't it? I mean, time flies. Yeah, it sure does. (laughs) Yeah. And I wanted to kind of talk about your work. One of the questions that I receive all the time is, how do you find the time to plan? So how would you answer this question? Well, it's, it's tricky. And it seems really intuitive and simple. But I think one of the most challenging questions that moms and people get asked is what's for dinner. It just, it's enough to make anyone curl up in the fetal position and just pretend that life doesn't exist because it's so, it is such a like pain point for people. So I think that like, you just try to make it habit. Um, I, I like doing it on Sunday. It seems like quite intuitive uh, to, to put it together on Sunday, just because it's uh, usually a calm day of the week. And um, you're thinking about the week ahead we created a meal plan just for this because it was such a pain point for people. And I was getting asked all the time, pre fresh table, what do you do to plan out meals? Can you help me figure out what to feed my family during the week? So we created an online uh, subscription-based platform that people can like plug and play. So it plans everything out for them um, just because it is so difficult. If you're not using something like that, just carving out the time, like just setting it in your calendar. And it doesn't have to be long. It's actually shocking how quickly you can do it half an hour on a Sunday to plan things out. You can prep some things on a Sunday as well. And then voila, the whole week is so much more enjoyable. And am I right? It's got three modules. So there's the grocery list, there's the actual meal planning and their recipes. Yeah. Yeah. So you can use it, you know, for, you know, the recipes alone. So there's a recipe bank and we have everything in there. There's over a thousand recipes in there. So uh, we have been working very hard cooking up a storm um, every week just to put new recipes in there. So there's breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Yeah, with the grocery list as, as well. So really makes it very simple. So you just take your grocery list, do your online shopping, and away you go. Now, what if someone has dietary restrictions? Are there recipes in there for them as well? 
Yeah, so we have nut-free options uh, baked into all of the um, meal plans. There are vegan, gluten-free, and no restrictions options as well. You know, if there's specific dietary restrictions, like say someone doesn't like, I don't know, tomatoes, then we just handhold them through that. So we just give them suggestions. It's pretty difficult to do, you know, a meal plan that caters to, it's impossible actually, that caters to everyone. But that being said, um, you know, it's, it's really quite friendly when it comes to the options that people need, the basic ones, you know, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, like the main ones we've taken care of. And you don't have to be a chef. Can any level of cook follow along and make these recipes? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big thing for me when we're developing recipes, the moment someone, we use too many dishes or it gets to be more than a couple of steps. I'm just like, no, no, simplify it. This, uh, this is not going to happen. I always imagine that a mom, I was picture a mom because I'm a mom, I suppose, but it doesn't have to be a mom. But you're juggling so much. And so you've got a, maybe a toddler on your hip and they're, you know, asking for your attention and you're just trying to get something on the table. So a lot of things are pre-made. So made ahead and prepped ahead. And the recipes are extremely simple to follow. They do not take um, really much cooking skills at all. You know, I love my games. So I thought we would start with a little icebreaker of this or that. Oh, I'm so up for it. Bring it on. Linen or cotton napkins? Linen. You didn't even hesitate on that one. No, oh my gosh, is that an actual question? I mean, honestly. <laughs> Home fries or crispy fries? Well, anything that's homemade is, has my heart, so I'd say stay home. Crispy home fries, how about that? Okay, we're getting the best of both now. Oh, yeah. Peach or nectarine? Oh, you're, these are hard questions. <laughs> I, I, a peach, a peach, peach. Peach. Yep. Cake or ice cream? Oh, ice cream, but maybe cake with ice cream on top. <laughs> See, I don't, I, I just, I, I just want it all. Let's just have it all. <laughs> okay, pickles, dill or garlic dill? Garlic dill, I'm Ukrainian. <laughs> wine red or white red coffee or tea oh well tea coffee later in the day tea in the morning see i'm complicated see i'm the reverse of that yeah i'm like i'm like a coffee sandwich type person i do like uh tea in the morning coffee in the afternoon then sometimes do tea later in the afternoon and then wonder why i can't sleep <laughs> <laughs> What is your formula for crafting a recipe? Well, yeah, it has to be simple to make. Uh, and we try to keep it under 30 minutes, um, not using 15 different dishes or methods, you know, to make a recipe. Uh, using ingredients that are familiar, that are easy to find at a normal grocery store. Uh, we were trying to make, I know it sounds really simple, but it was a soba noodle salad the other day. And we, we went to three grocery stores and we couldn't find soba noodles. And so it, and it sets off alarms for us. We were thinking, okay, in a lot of places, especially major centers, you have no problem, but we're like, okay, so if you're in a real small town, if we've had a hard time finding this, parents are going to have a hard mm-hmm. time finding this. So no, use a different needle. Let's, that's just, you can say if you have soap needles, use those are best. But so we try and keep it simple so that people are going to go to five grocery stores to get uh, ingredients for a meal. And then, you know, we try to make it as family friendly as we can. Uh, it's not always easy to do that just because, you know, we made, for instance, like a Moroccan stew the other day, and there's a chance that some kids won't like that. But as long as there's another option for people who may have children that may not like something like that, then that's kind of, um, that's kind of okay for us, I suppose. And I know that a lot of your recipes do include eliminating a lot of food waste. 
you use up a lot of the ingredients that you have in your recipes. Yeah, that's kind of part of the beauty. It's really one of the biggest parts of the beauty of the fresh table in its entirety. So the weeks are designed with strategy so that they leverage similar ingredients and that you are using up most, if not all of your groceries that you've purchased for that week. So the grocery lists are very lean and specific to that week um, in order to reduce food waste. We have all sorts of resources as well. If you have leftover X, Y, and Z, how to use them up and, uh, and just not let any, any food go to waste. And I want to bring this up and talk about just a little bit, because I know you probably won't talk about it a lot. Cookbook number two. What <laughs> recipes are you currently working on for cookbook number two? Well, all of them, because the <laughs> manuscript is due December 1st or 31st. I have to look at it. It's the beginning of the end of the month. And it's so oh funny, my gosh. I was like, oh, my gosh, we have like tons of time. And then lo and behold, uh, it's kind of creeping up here. So right now we're just we're just refining the last few recipes for photography. And then it's we're just going to finish testing and testing and testing and testing the recipes. So we have, okay, this, we have this no need bread, which I'm really excited about. I love, I personally love making bread, but a lot of people are intimidated by it. Um, a lot of people got on the sourdough train, but not everyone has like a sourdough starter. So I created a, a whole wheat bread that is like, you literally don't have to touch it. You just stir it together, leave it. And then six hours, later, you form it, bake it. And your, your family is very happy. So yeah, stuff like stuff like that. We're just trying to make this is more of an everyday foods cookbook versus um, an entertaining or celebratory cookbook. You mentioned about photos that you're taking photos right now. You have gorgeous dishes. Pro- are they props? Are these dishes that you have? Do you shop for props specifically somewhere? Oh, that's a problem, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I know I have. Yeah, gosh, this is a confession podcast, right? I'm yeah, this is it. Sitting in my office right now and. Is overflowing. So we're building a new office off the side of our house. And and Charles and I were just in there duking it out over the office storage space. I, I'm like, I want an antique chandelier in here. He's like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, I know, but I still want it. Um, so I love shopping for props. And it is like my guilty pleasure of my job. And I get a lot of things from the cross that I'm just staring at these like gorgeous blush plates from Indaba that I purchased from the cross. I got a lot of things at vintage stores or, you know, even like Salvation Army or Value Village antique stores. I like really interesting old things. I've always had a soft spot for old things. But yeah, those are, so that's kind of the main places that I, I, get. I just want to kind of pick up smattering of, of things everywhere. But yeah, I've got a lot. I'm not. So what's next for the fresh brand? Oh gosh. Well, I am blessed to work with an amazing team of women and they are, they make my life not only easier, but much more enjoyable. So we have been thinking about where we want to grow the brand. And when we think about that, we think about the feeling we want people to leave with. And I, cause I really do feel like, you know, the world has gotten to be quite heavy. And we it has. Yeah, we, we try to think about, you know, what, what can we do to help? You know, what can we, what value can we bring to the world with the little things that we do? And so that's kind of where everything is born from is, is just thinking about what, what we want to leave the world with, what, what, what values, what lessons, what feeling, mostly feeling. And so we are, you know, we're looking at you know, some charitable components about, you know, centering around food security, which I think makes sense for what we do just honing in on that to try to make a difference we are we're coming out with a line of i'm speaking of props of dishware um so serveware and which i'm really excited so that's going to be kind of an extension of our brand just to bring some 
joy to people's tables, which I'm really passionate about. Oh my gosh, I'm excited for you on that. Thank you. Yeah, it's been amazing. We're just, we, we're just hashing up the designs right now, but that's going to be next, early next year. And, you know, looking at, you know, some apparel and uh, making our prints. We have some prints that are digital prints right now that you can download and they're, we try to make them functional as well as beautiful. So a lot of them are, you know, we have a kitchen conversion guide that we love and use almost every day where how many teaspoons are in a third of a cup, that kind of thing. But yeah, so just really expanding on the things that we're doing well and trying to really focus in on, again, how we can, how we can add more value and how we can take what we've created with the meal plan and finesse it to really, uh, to really solve problems for people. Cause I, I think that's, I'm, I'm in the business of solving problems. That's how I feel. I mean, that's all I keep on saying because I love everything you're doing. I love you. Um, this is just a love podcast right now. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Mary. That means so much to me. I appreciate that. I'm Mary Mammolini, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Canadian food and lifestyle blogger, Tori Wester of Fresh Living and Fresh Table. You're a mom of two young boys, and I often see them online. They cook with you. Have they always had an interest in cooking? Well, they haven't really had a choice, quite frankly, Mary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, Charles and I, so my husband and I are both like a love to cook. We, we just, it's our happy place together. We crank on the Frank Sinatra and pour a glass of wine and cook together. That's our idea of a good night. So our kids have just grown up seeing us cook. And we always joke because they're, they've gotten to be quite, I don't want to say picky, but like particular eaters just because they're used to having homemade everything. And so I, I just, I'm starting to write the apology note to their future wives. I'm so sorry like, <laughs> for the unrealistic expectations, but, but yeah, they, um, they, they go in spurts where they like to be in the kitchen more than other times, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, um, it's fun. Okay. So what advice that you would give to parents who want to get their children cooking? Yeah. You just want to involve them. So involve them in the decision-making process of what to eat, take them to the grocery store if you can. I mean, sometimes Oh, that's just, that can be just too much. Sometimes I know, <laughs> oh boy, there's nothing like, can I have this? Uh, but, you know, we played a game when we were, Charlie was younger, where we would find something new at the grocery store that he hadn't tried, you know, in the say fruit and vegetable section. So one day we said, oh, you know, like, let's, let's find dragon fruit. I mean, who knows? It might t- even turn you into a dragon. So it became this big game. And then we were very curious about the food and got home and, you know, cut it open. And it's so interesting to look at and to taste and, to this day, he says dragon fruit is his, his favorite fruit, which is funny because I don't actually think dragon fruit tastes that much, but I think it's the story behind it and the association that he has with food and making it fun. So make it fun. I hate to say it. I have a white house, but don't be afraid to get a little bit messy and dirty. If you involve in cooking, it is going to get messy at like 100%. So I say just, you know, know that everything's cleanable and let them have some autonomy and and some fun and just involve them. And that, I think that really helps with navigating the picky eaters and just getting them interested in food because it's, for me, I think it's such a, and should be for everyone, a, a very essential life skill to know how to cook your own food. And it's, it's funny because when you mentioned it's going to get dirty, get them involved, immediately something came to mind. There was this video, I don't know if you've seen it, it was circulating online of a, a young little boy cooking with his grandma. Yes, I just did, did you see it? And he it was, was just eating thing. every ingredient. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Did your boys get into anything or were they pretty good at just kind of following instructions and not really being 
hands in and just eating everything that went into the bowl. Oh yeah. They, they didn't. Oh my gosh. I wish they did that. Cause that was, <laughs> that video is the funniest thing. If, if people, so you have not seen that, you need to Google it. It is, it made me laugh. Hilarious. Yeah. I definitely shared that one to, to my followers. Um, but, uh, yeah, they like, I mean, Max, he's, he's a little bit more sneaky than Charlie. So Max is my youngest <laughs> and they're very different kids. So, you know, he'll give me that glimmer of an eye and, and be sneaking chocolate chips and, you know, uh, yeah. So he's, he's in there for sure. But they're, they're pretty, I think they see us cook a lot. So they're pretty good about following ish the rule. What are some ways that people can just begin cooking with a family? Uh, well, first of all, I think you need to carve out time to eat as a family. So that's important. You know, it, and not every night will happen that way. There, I, I recognize there's someone has soccer and someone has ballet or whatever it may be. You know, it's, um, it's just really tricky some nights, but I'd say most nights just try to figure out a meal time and protect that time and maybe taking turns of, of planning it out. Maybe one night, you know, your Charlie gets to pick and then the next night Max gets to pick and then they are responsible for helping make it and serve it. And there's a sense of pride in it. So I'd say, you know, a lot of times I think, especially moms, I, you know, I'm generalizing a bit, but especially moms feel solely responsible for getting the meals on the table. And um, again, that's not always the case. I mean, Charles lot, but it's, I think just involving them and maybe giving them some responsibility, which I believe kids all need more of these days. My mind certainly certainly do. So <laughs> yeah, just yeah, again, mm-hmm. like, you know, delegating a little bit. You've already talked about you and your husband, you both love cooking together and sharing a kitchen. What's that dynamic like in the kitchen? Is there something that he does differently than you do? Like for us, for example, when I cook with my husband, we're a foodie house, exactly like yours, foodie home. And we love cooking together, but he's got a habit of leaving like drawers open, doors open, cabinet doors open, and I'm behind him kind of closing everything. Oh, that's funny. Well, yeah. So Charles, so Charles grew up in a house where, uh, where he, he cooked a lot and his parents cooked a lot, especially his dad, which I think was instrumental in helping fuel his passion. I mean, again, generalization, but as a guy, uh, for, for cooking. And so I learned very early. He loves cooking. He's not a baker. I started off more as a baker and now I'm, you know, leaning into cooking, but he, I remain, he remains the better cook of us two. He's, he's a really epic cook. Um, he freestyles it. So I'm in the habit of developing recipes. It's what I do for a living. And Charles just kind of like wings it, but he, I, he ruins every single dish towel that I have. It's, it's <laughs> his thing. Same with my napkins. He uses it to clean the edge of his red wine glass. And I'm always like, you know, the linen napkins as we discuss, I'm like, no, like give me that napkin. I'm constantly wrenching it from him. But yeah, so I have, he has his own stack of tea towels and he puts one over his shoulder while he's drinking red wine and listening <laughs> to music. It's like, he has, there's a whole situation and he has a hard time cooking this nice dinner without the glass of wine, which I really love too, but I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's, yeah, it's, we just have our own little, it's an, it's an event. I'd say it's an event when we cook together. I love it. And you have an everything in moderation approach to food. Um, How do you communicate this to the boys? How do, you know, Charlie and Max, they differentiate between, and I'm doing air quotes here, you can't see me, but good foods to eat and then what to eat in moderation. Yeah, there's a couple of things. So we talk about foods, not with junk foods or bad foods is as a term. Uh, we, we talk about foods as like sometimes foods and everyday foods is the terminology that I try to use with them so that foods aren't kind of like demonized. Um, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of 
emotional hangups around food. And I think that when you, when you start to, you know, like, like vilify the, some foods it can, they can, they can start to almost gain more power over you. And I don't think it's a very healthy approach to looking at food because I, for one, I'm very happy to carve out space in my food lifestyle, my food repertoire for ice cream, for a glass of wine, for, you know, a charcuterie platter with friends without the guilt. And we live in such a society of guilt. So we talk about more emphasizing the healthier foods versus taking away the other foods. So, you know, Maxie's really cute. He's at the stage where, you know, we talk about, you know, these foods you really help your body grow. You know, sometimes he's always asking me, is this a healthy food, mom? Is this a healthy food and like healthy for me? And, you know, I'll often say, yeah, that, that's healthy. This is an even healthier choice, but that's okay to have this choice. You know, if you really enjoy it, you know, you, you, you eat that, you enjoy it. I don't, I don't want them growing up with a incredible sense of guilt or shame around food or that something can't fit in. So we just talk, we try to emphasize more of the positives of food. So this one, you know, the carrots are really, they're really good for your eyes. Like, man, you can see, you're going to be able to see like Superman and just really talking about, about what foods can really help the body versus focusing on the negative aspects of other foods. See, I love that because I remember growing up, not so much in my household, but I would hear a lot of, if I ate over a friend's home or something where parents would, would say, you know, eat everything on your plate. Um, or don't fill up on potatoes, the meat is a little more expensive. How do you raise kids to have that healthy relationship with food? Because that can definitely become a problematic thinking around food. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's a conscious effort. And I think that we need to model those things as well. So you can't say one thing and do another as, a, as an adult, right? As a parent, um, that's important as well. But I mean, we 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 try to really make sure that our kids are listening to their bodies. So there's a, there's, there's a balance between listening to your body and, and then educating them on making a good decision. And a lot of times they'll say, you know, they'll ask to have something because they know they need to ask if it's, you know, it's not an everyday food. And, uh, and we'll, I'll be, you know, Charlie's a little bit, I won't lie a little bit like easier to navigate this conversation, but, you know, I'll say, you know, you've already had X, Y, and Z. Like, do you, do you think, do you really think that that, like this other thing is a, is a good choice right now? And often They'll be like, no, I, I don't. And I'm like, well, then he's made that choice because he's not always, my kids are not always going to have me sitting on the shoulder telling them, no, don't eat this. Yes, eat this. Right. Like they, I need to give them the tools to make a good choice for themselves so that they can navigate that as, as they get older. Oh, absolutely. And what about the picky eater? Any advice for dealing with picky eaters? Yeah. I mean, so there's this, um, there's the like division of responsibility, uh, basically. So Ellen Satter is a dietitian who has really, she's really well-versed in this. And so she talks about the division of responsibility between an adult or a parent or caregiver and the child. So you as a parent are responsible for what you put in front of your child. So what you put in front of the child for uh, selections Uh, what you bring in the house and when the meals are offered and the child is responsible for what they eat out of that and how much they eat so that they can listen to their body. Now, this sounds really simple until you're an actual, you're a parent and Mm -hmm. you're sitting at the table (laughs) and you're like, okay, they've eaten like, you know, three niblets of corn of fabulous, you know, you're like, so I, it's like, I've done what you told me to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, and it is no joke. It is, it is so frustrating I think, first of all, take the pressure off as uh, if you have a child, assuming that they're growing okay, and 
that they're healthy, um, that I think that just take the pressure off so that they can, you know, know that your child will be okay. You know, if they have off a couple of days where they're not eating all of their vegetables, um, that it's really the, the make the pattern, the overall pattern, not necessarily one specific meal that is going to make her break something. So I'd say, you know, be, be okay with that. First of all. And if you're concerned, see your doctor or pediatrician, don't go online. Uh, that's, that's the first thing. And then the other thing is that I think we just need to make sure that they have options in front of them that they will enjoy, you know? So I would say it's probably not fair to a child. If you're applying that, that guideline for with that division of responsibility, it's probably not fair if you put, you know, a, um, a spicy, you know, uh, hot wings in front of them as the only choice, you know, or like, or a mixed right. meal. You know what I mean? Like something right. like, like a stew with like all the ingredients that they've never had before. So you can divide things up and compartmentalize things. Kids love little choices and, um, and then separate, so separate components of that meal. So you're not making a whole new meal for the child. And we always just encourage them to try it once. And we know that we, so we just talk about the fact that their taste buds change. And so you tr- just try it once. If you don't like it, no problem. Try it again. You'll like it. You might like it later. And so Charlie started saying to us, you know, what, you know, I tried it, mom. I don't like it now, but I'll like it. I'll like it later. I'll like it. Later. Oh, I love that. I know it was so cute. And so sure enough, sure enough, he's grown into a child that really loves a, a variety of different flavors and, and cultural foods. And it's, it's awesome. So I'd say just, you know, be persistent, um, try offering new foods with foods that are familiar so that there's some things that they can eat. So that you're again, not getting into the habit of making a second different meal for them. And um, just give yourself some grace because it's in this too shall pass. <laughs> this too shall pass. What's a dish that your entire family loves? Tacos, hands down. <laughs> tacos. They, it's a, we've, we have like, we have our taco game completely down pat. And usually if we say we're making tacos, there's like friends knocking at the door. <laughs> it's a, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good situation. Okay. Rapid fire. Tell us one thing most people don't know about you. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm petrified of heights, like absolutely petrified. Um, but that being said, I've gone skydiving twice. So no way. Yeah, yeah. I just, I usually take a, if, if something that scares me, I just do it anyway. <laughs> I don't know if that's the smartest thing. But that's how I operate. So you have time to yourself, no interruptions. What do you do? Oh uh, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to unplug more. I like playing piano. I'm terrible at it, but I, I've got, I have a piano I'm trying. Name or sing a song that always puts you in a good mood. Oh, I won't sing to you. I, I just, it's too early here for that. But Otis Redding, Sitting by the Dock of the Bay, it is so great. It was just beautiful. Oh, yeah. If your fridge could talk, what would be the one word it would use to describe your snack choices? Too many. Oh, my gosh. Free me. Get get some food out of me. Our fridge, Mary, you can barely close it because of the amount of food in our fridge right now. I'm, I'm making a delivery to someone today, so it's, it's it's ridiculous. My poor fridge. So I ask all my guests, what is your kitchen confession? <laughs> well, I mean, I've I've had some doozies in the kitchen. Oh my gosh! I mean, just pick one. I mean, the first loaf of bread. <laughs> that I made was like 20 pounds and the dog wouldn't eat. And the first pie I ever made was like this. It was like, my mom like looked at me sideways and then threw it right in the garbage. Like it's just, yeah. So, uh, but I remember I, I, I've always loved baking and I remember one time 
I was planning someone's birthday party and I thought, and you know, instead of doing the same thing on top of like all of the other planning, party planning stuff, I thought, you know, what, I'm going to make the cake and I didn't time things properly. I didn't manage my time at all, actually, when I was doing it and, and people are walking in the door and I'm, this is like the polar opposite of what you should do when you're entertaining. And I'm <laughs> still in my pajamas and I'm almost in tears because I'm trying to ice a hot cake that I just pulled. Oh, no. And I was just, I looked around, I thought, you know what, like, you know, where's Dairy Queen when you need it? Like, like, this, is, this is ridiculous. I was like, I, and I, and I, I just basically pressed the whole night. And it's like, I went to, so, uh, but yeah, so, so here's the, the uh, tidbit of information. Here's your tip. Don't try and ice a hot cake. And if you're going to make a cake, bake it in the morning or the night before, uh, and ice it when it's cool. You're welcome. <laughs> That's perfect advice. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. You were always so much fun to catch up with and talk to. Um, if listeners want to reach out for more information, how can they find you? How can they get in touch with you? How can they register for Fresh Table? Oh, thanks, Mary. Yeah. So if you go to Fresh Table, so it's F-R-A-I-C-H-E table.com, you can get a free 10-day trial for the meal plan if you're interested and you just want to see if it makes your life any easier. And um, so that's the, the meal plan. For our blog, because we do also have a blog filled with lifestyle, you know, some recipes, uh, it's really a little bit more all-encompassing decor, et cetera, that that's on freshliving.com. So F-R-A-I-C-H-E living.com. And then you can find us mostly on Instagram at either at fresh living or at fresh table, depending on what you're wanting to see more of. It's that time we've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchenconfession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mammolini. Thanks for listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.